0: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe a Buffalo Bills Fan Podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. After taking a week off, uh, how selfish of me, Uh, I am back here in the air chair. I am John Boccasino, and I want to give my major kudos to my colleague, my co-host, and my buddy, Jamie D'Amico, for flying solo last week. Jamie, thanks for being a good teammate. Buddy,
1: you have pinch hit for me so many times, I would have to say that, at minimum, I owe you one week. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well you know it's it's interesting i i i got a couple of text messages from from some friends of mine who listen and they were like you okay are you all right are you alive you didn't do the pod last week and i'm like yeah i'm a human i'm allowed to take a week off and you got to listen to jamie's awesome take on the roster and the whole still to fill so you know it means that uh we have a good audience jamie if they miss us, i would say that's
1: true but they miss you when you're gone let let's Let's be clear about this. Flattery gets you everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, uh, I need a loan. Um, Kathy Hochul
0: uh, might be giving some money out if you're looking to get some handouts, buddy. Great. About $800 please. That might be a little bit too much for her to pull at this point because uh, unless you're living under a rock, Bills fans, you know the big news from earlier this week. And that's what we're going to talk about here on Bill Eve. It's the new stadium deal. It's all people we're talking about. Um, never Jamie did, I think this wasn't going to happen. Um, but now that it's all out there and it's not all out there, but we know a lot about the financial breakdown, the obligations. It's a 30 year lease. The County is not going to own the stadium. The state is going to own the stadium. So we're not going to have those awkward, uh, situations where what happens when the lease expires and there's a hostage situation where the County threatens to hold out and the bills threaten to hold out. And, you know, the team might be relocating to Austin, Texas, which was that stupid rumor uh, that we heard late last summer. But it's, it's interesting, Jamie, because there's been a lot of discussion on this stadium talk. And I want to kind of lay out for the folks who are listening. We are, we are not shocking, uh, economists. We are not people who have uh, a grasp on the economy of NFL stadiums and the cost and the taxpayer responsibility. But what we're going to do today on the podcast is just discuss the location of the stadium, the pros and cons of the stadium's location, the terms of the deal, some of the public funding and financing, because with this being the largest commitment from a state to a team stadium in the history of these deals, it's worth talking about the massive sum. Jamie mentioned, you know, getting a loan of $800 million. It's a lot of money. The state's going to be fronting um, for this bill and the taxpayers, you, the listeners are going to be paying a lot of money for this stadium too. So I just want to pull the bandaid off and have an open, honest discussion about the bill's new stadium. It's going to be an orchard park, right across the street off of Abbott road from the current location. Jamie, where do you want to start with this whole talk?
1: I think that the best place to start with this is to start with the numbers and then get into some of the minutia of the rumors that we've heard and the comments that have been made about the stadium itself. Uh, And the reason I think that we should start with the, the numbers is because that's the shocking part of it. And from there, we can get into the part that is more pleasing, which will end up being things like the fan experience. So then we'll sort of have an understanding of why the numbers are what they are. And so the number one figure that has to be brought up when it comes to this stadium talk, the
0: total cost is going to be $1.4 billion. That's $1.4 billion for this stadium public funding is going to account for $850 million of that 1.4. That's $600 million coming from the state. And we'll break down. That number is a little misleading because the state kind of backed itself into a massive uh, amount of money that's coming from the Seneca Nations Indian Casino that is going to help front a lot of that $600 million. So as much as it seems like, oh, the state's given $600 million, the state's really only coming up with another another 180 million because they're getting about 420 million from a settlement over uh, casino revenue with the Seneca Nations. But we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, the Erie County end of it is 250 million dollars. The NFL is loaning 200 million dollars to the Pagulas. And if you add all that up, Jamie, there's a lot of money that's coming in and it's not costing the Pagulas that much money when you think about how they can recoup their end of the money that they're going to owe on this through the devil bargain compromise known as the personal seat licenses.
1: Yes, the PSLs. An unfortunate reality of the economics of sports. This has been going on now for 30 years. So there is no way that PSLs were not going to be a part of this. Because when you stop and think about it, NFL owners are running a business. And what they're not going to do is cost themselves money that they can't recuperate. It's a business. As much as this is a way of life for the rest of us, as being Buffalonians and Western New Yorkers Rochesterians and Bills fans, <sighs> Nobody purchases a team strictly through altruism. And the Pagulas were going to were always going to find a way to recuperate the money that they were going to spend on this. So do I think it's a bad thing? Well, for a fan who's looking to maintain their season tickets on the 40 yard line, it's not going to be great for you. <laughs> You're going to have to shell out a lot of money just to have the rights to to have the right to buy that season ticket in the future because of the PSL.
0: Jamie, you summarized the PSLs perfectly because exactly what you just said, this PSL, it's a one-time fee, and it's just giving you the right to buy your season ticket. Um, So think of it as a one-time upfront cost. Now, the interesting part about these PSLs, going back over the summer, I read a bunch of articles that were talking about PSLs and a common figure um, that we heard about. And there was a guy, Ron Makusha, um, from Pagula Sports and Entertainment, who had kind of, he, he threw out this quote saying, we know our fans, we know this market. We will not price them out of this market. And in accompanying stories, they were talking about maybe a thousand dollar PSL was being struck at as the Average the you know the baseline figure for what these PSLs cost. We don't exactly know what the figure for the PSL is going to cost specifically, but I can tell you this: if they're talking about doing PSLs on fifty thousand seats, and they're talking about at minimum one thousand dollars a piece for a PSL, the Pagulas automatically are going to recoup fifty million dollars of the at least $350 million that they're contributing out of their own pocket towards construction of the stadium. And I say that knowing the odds are much higher that the PSL cost is going to be a lot higher than 1000 on average, but that's a baseline figure to tell you how this works and how that money is going to go
1: towards the stadium. The reason this is difficult in the Buffalo market is that you don't have the same level of corporate sponsorship you have in in, say, Los Angeles, because a lot of those seats are gobbled up by big business. That will happen in Buffalo, but not on the same level. Buffalo, Buffalo fandom and the, whether you want to call it Rich or the Ralph or New Era or Highmark, <laughs> whatever it is these days, is being filled by fans and not corporations. So that is something that they're obviously going to keep in mind when they set the prices of these PSLs, because if you look at what they cost in Los Angeles, you're looking at like for some of those seats, $7,500,000 PSLs. Is that going to happen in Buffalo? probably not that high, but I'll bet you we see for some prime seats is going to inch close to that $30,000 mark, which is what I heard rumored somewhere.
0: Yeah. And and I, I want to be very careful. Um, again, there the, the PSL numbers that, you know, the only figure that's really gone on the record is thousand dollars as like an approximation on like the low end of it. But that's really only going to apply to a certain percentage of these seats. There's, there was a really lively Twitter discussion. I'm not going to mention the Twitter user. You can go search for it yourself on Twitter because we're still not sure the validity of the sources. But some of the reports were that PSLs could be anywhere from $20,000 for your prime marquee locations to three to $7,500 for lower bowl PSLs. Upper deck PSLs could be up to $5,000. There is a lot of variance. And that's why I want to caution listeners. These are not set in stone figures, but someone's hearing chatter about what the PSLs are going to cost and how much it's going to cost to, again, give yourself the one time right to buy a season ticket. I guess the only good thing about it is if you decide you're done with the bills, you can transfer that PSL to a friend to a coworker, to whomever, and recoup uh, the money that you spent on your initial investment. But let's just be honest, Jamie. This is the cost of doing business in the National Football League and being a fan. It is. You know, This is not like it's an unusual method that the Pagulas are taking on. Uh, PSLs have been widely expected to be a part of any financial deal for the stadium, and Bill, Bills fans should not be
1: surprised that this is a, no. a tool the team is using to offset the cost. Speaking of tools that they're using, uh, that Twitter discussion you're talking about, this is intelligent by Pagula Sports and Entertainment because what they're going to do between now and the time they set the PSL price, which probably isn't going to be set for a couple of years still, they're going to float numbers and see what kind of blowback there is they're going to put their ear to the ground and figure out what that cost is going to be and i'm sure that they're going to do some economic studies and you know they're not going to they're not going to just make a number up but they're also going to try to figure out what the tolerance level is because again they're in business they're out to maximize profit
0: yeah this is not an like you said an altruistic i mean if you look at you know and I don't know. Again, there is a lot of debate on social media about whether public funding should ever be involved uh, when it comes to a a private corporation, a private individual owning a football stadium or a baseball stadium. I want to say for perspective, though, back in 1973, when Rich Stadium opened up uh, in Erie County, that facility was 100 percent publicly financed. So this is not, again, unprecedented for Erie County, for the state to get public funding for this stadium. Again, though, it is the largest contribution um, that the public and the state is going to give towards a stadium, uh, what the, uh, the finances are going to be for this new Bill Stadium opening in 2026. It's the largest commitment of public money uh, towards a stadium out there. And the previous record came with the Las Vegas Raiders who had to get all that money from the state and from the public to lure them away from the uh, Oakland area to get them to come out to Las Vegas. Uh, So that's comparison out there too. the last time this much money was given from a public share of stadium funding was to lure a franchise away from one home to another. So, you know, this, this is all, it's it's all part of the game, uh, the economics of the NFL. There's only 32 franchises. I want to ask you this, Jamie, with the money we're throwing out here, and there's a lot of dollars that are involved, and this is basically uh, a lot of a financial commitment from the state, from the county, um, and from the Pagoulas, but from the taxpayers mostly to fund this stadium. Remember back to 2012, 2013, even the spring of 2014, the Bills did not have this rosy outlook for their future. The team was abysmal and Ralph Wilson had passed away and I take you back to those days. And if someone had said, you're going to get your team to be in Buffalo for the next 30 years, and here are the stakes of the financial obligations, I guarantee you you would take that and say, thank goodness the team's not moving to Toronto with John Bon Jovi and Donald
1: Trump. Emotionally, yes. Absolutely emotionally, I would have taken it. And to be honest with you, I don't live in New York, so none of my money is going toward it. However, Study after study after study shows that there is no real benefit of spending public money, taxpayer money on a stadium. There, there's so much research that goes into this. And really what it ends up being is a source of pride because you know, it's a way of legitimizing your community. Sort of like I, I live here in Washington, DC. And a neighborhood isn't really considered legitimate till they have their own farmers market. Well, it's like that <laughs> on, a, on a bigger level with with major sports. A city isn't considered complete unless they have a major professional sports team in in the eyes of a lot of people. But people do not get communities do not get the money back. Uh, on this spending. And then it goes into the question of why is a billionaire able to hold a community hostage and to get them to subsidize their their money-making machine that they already have in place? I, I, I studied this in college. I was a sports management major. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I'm going to work for a team and like somebody else is going to pay for it. And then it became a taxpayer. And I'm like, why is my money going for something that isn't going to benefit the community dollar for dollar? Uh, Yeah, anyway. So it's Pandora's box you opened up there.
0: Well, especially when you consider though, and Jamie, I want to say too that, um, you know, it's, you look at the fact that there, I want to say it was right around the same uh, figure when the stadium deal came out of, And again, with the finances that we're talking about here, of the $1.4 billion, $850 million is coming from non-Terry and Kim Pagula sources and non-NFL sources. So of that money, 61% approximately is being considered public financing for this stadium. Now, I have to give a lot of credit to where credit is due on this one. The Buffalo News did a great analysis of the previous 21 stadiums built around the league since 1998. They found that on average, the public gave half of the costs of those stadiums. So you're looking at an average of 50% of financing. The Bill Stadium is 60.7% public financing. You have to pay more for a smaller market like Buffalo, because like you said, the corporate sponsors are just not there. I think Buffalo is the 54th biggest television market and population size market in the National Football League. So you're not talking LA, Chicago, San Francisco uh, resources and, and, and revenue generating abilities. The Bills have always had to get more creative. The fact that they're able to get that sixty point seven percent of the public funding—I'm sure that was a major uh, reason in the the research, if you will, that the Pagula Sports and Entertainment Company did when pitching this—is like, look, you know, there's only so many football teams that exist in this country, and you don't want to lose them because, no offense to Cleveland, once you lose a franchise, you're not getting right. one back. I mean, it's just not—it's not, not going to happen. So this is the cost of of keeping the the team here in Western New York, but. It is. It's a lot of money. And when you factor in the news on the same day that the Bills Stadium news breaks, there was something like $800 million Mm -hmm. in cuts to educational funding across the state of New York. I love my Buffalo Bills. Love them. I've had season tickets for 16 years. I'm a passionate member of Bills Mafia. But I am not going to sit here and lie to you and say that the state revenue is better spent on a stadium to be used 10 to 12 times a year for football versus educating Johnny and Timmy and Susie uh, in public schools across the state. Oh, you're
1: such a bleeding heart. You know what? Just homeschool the damn kids, (laughs) would you? I'm sorry. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's something you have to consider, but I'm going to put a positive spin on this. Buffalo is the 54th largest television market. You know what is the largest? New York, New York City. You know what that means? Jets and Giants fans are the ones who are <laughs> who are coughing up the tax money for this. <laughs> How nice is that?
0: Ah, uh, way to put a positive spin on things here. And and I do want to say though, Jamie, that it's a, it's a complicated subject that we can't answer in three minutes here. Uh, you've done a lot of research on this topic, the, 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 value it's impossible to put a value on what having the bills in Western New York means financially. And Kathy Hochul, the governor who grew up in Hamburg is a loyal bills fan. She wanted this right. to happen almost more than anybody else uh, to keep this team, her team uh, in Western New York. There are short-term victories uh, according to the, the research put out there 10,000 union jobs are going to be created. Um, the, the, the stadium could be paid off after 22 years of the 30-year agreement. There's $27 million in direct revenue coming into the state uh, as a result of this stadium. And I think a major thing, Jamie, that needs to be factored in with the stadium funding is right. that settlement with the Seneca Nation casinos. And I know a lot of people might not be aware of what I'm talking about, Um, But there was this really uh, terse situation between the Seneca Nation of Indians and the state uh, over revenue that was owed to the state uh, from the nation's casinos. And it was recently settled $565 million that the Seneca Nations are going to pay the state over this five-year-old legal battle over revenues from its casinos that happened to be located, by the way, in Buffalo, Niagara Falls, and Salamanca, three territories in western New York. Now, this has been – you talk about hostage situations. The governor basically froze the Seneca Nation's bank accounts in an effort to get this uh, resolved quickly. And when the check was written from the Seneca Nations to the state – Kathy Hochul turned around and gave $418 million of the $600 million in state money. So really, you're talking about, again doing quick math here, $180 million that the state's going to to finance for this. It's almost like when you find that money under the couch and you go buy a piece of pizza with it, you don't have to tell your wife, Hey, honey, I spent money on pizza. You found that money. You're just putting it towards something for yourself. And that seems a lot of what Kathy Hochul is doing here, taking this found money from the Seneca nations casinos and putting it towards this bill stadium. So right, wrong or indifferent that does. It's a lot different than having that factoring into the stadium talks versus it actually being 600 million without that boost from the Seneca nation. The
1: other thing that I wanted to point out is that it's very good that the county itself isn't on the hook for the majority of this, because that could be disastrous for Erie County. The fact that it is spread out amongst millions of more individuals across the state is a very good thing for the local economy. And I I did want to point that out as being a good thing. And when you were talking about the found money, I got to tell you, and I'm God, I'm sure this is something that you're going to edit out. But one of my favorite Simpson scenes when Homer dropped a peanut under the couch and he reached under and he pulled out twenty dollars. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, twenty dollars! I wanted a peanut." And his brain said, "This is good." He said, "Explain. Money can be exchanged for goods and services." <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, right <Brian.
0: laughs> woohoo no i'm leaving this part in the pod buddy you can check that out the simpsons economic masters and they they've had talks on the simpsons too about stadiums and sports teams and the benefit. and you know the long and short of it again is this is what you have to expect in 2022 to keep your team in a small market like buffalo Now Jamie, I feel like before we made we might have lost half our audience with all these financial <laughs> right. talks and figures here on Eve, But we haven't even gotten into the logistics of the actual stadium right. itself. It's going to be right across the street from the current Highmark Stadium, New Era Field, Bill Stadium, whatever you want to call it from the last decade. It's going to be a 60 to 62,000 seat Stadium. They're going to have a standing room party deck for 5,000 or more patrons, and it's going to be open air, natural grass surface with 80% of seating protected Mm -hmm. from the elements.
1: What do you like about what I just read off to you about the facts of this stadium? What I like is that 80% of the stadium is not going to get wet (laughs) because really... Snow, I can deal with. Wet, I cannot. And that's going to make for a much better game day experience. And the other thing is when you, uh, when you sort of look into it, they have the ability to add heated air into the stadium because it's not going to escape in quite the same way. This is, this is a good thing. Now, granted, there's going to be people that say, grass, how the hell can you do that? Well, you know what? They heat the fields. And they and they keep them in decent shape. And let me be honest with you, Green Bay has natural grass. They they have it in Cleveland. I, I mean, it's it's all around the uh, the northern uh, the northern stadiums. And I think that it's going to work. It's actually better for the players, and it's better on their bodies as long as it's kept in you know decent shape. Now, Jamie, I
0: wanna I wanna I wanna stop you for a second there because I'm so glad you brought up the health of the players. I happened to put together a story on Buffalo Rumblings that dropped on Saturday. You tell me
1: I'm wrong, aren't you?
0: Oh, no, no, you're you're 100 okay. percent right. You're a hundred percent right, my friend. Uh for the first time in our relationship <laughs> as friends, I'm you could tell I'm not your wife. You, you would have never on. said that. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 story that I wrote talked about the health of the bills in the 2021 season. And the bills have been extremely healthy and fortuitous in that regard uh, under Sean McDermott and Mm -hmm. Brandon bean. Well, one of the reasons why um, Brandon bean, Brandon bean has actually been pushing for the team to play on a natural grass surface, For the last couple of years. And the reason being, it's better on players' bodies, like you talked about. You're not going to have as many of those catastrophic and devastating injuries. You look at Trey White and what he suffered uh, against the New Orleans Saints on Thanksgiving evening when he had that non contact injury that forced him to suffer torn knee ligaments in both of his knees and missed the final six games of the regular season and both postseason games. The quote from Brandon Bean in a Buffalo News story is, Trey White's injury probably would have been prevented, according to our doctors, on grass. So that's they want to practice as much as they can on grass and play as much as they can on grass because the surface is more forgiving and friendly on their bodies and prevents these fluke injuries like we saw with Trey White. So fans should not be surprised at all that the new stadium opening in 2026 is going to have grass As Mm -hmm. the playing surface.
1: I, for one, love it. The other thing that I like that you didn't actually mention is the footprint of the stadium. And by footprint, that is basically the outside diameter or the outside boundary of the stadium is going to be twice as large as the current stadium. You know what that means? A better game day experience for fans. That means you get through the concourses easier, you get in and out. Quicker, you have better access to concessions, you have bigger bathrooms, faster moving bathroom lines. That is a huge thing for modern when it comes to modern amenities. Getting people in and out and situated quickly is a wonderful thing. I've had the privilege of going to a few different stadiums, and this past season, I went to that abysmal Jacksonville Jaguars game. But I gotta tell you, J- Jacksonville. Not my favorite city. The game itself was horrible to watch, but the game day experience with the massive scoreboards and the easy navigation throughout the stadium, it was a really nice way of spending a Sunday.
0: And I think that's a really important point, Jamie, to make is, and besides the fact that Jacksonville has probably the most sterile environment I've ever had uh, for a football game. It's a terrible tailgate experience. It's a there's it's not I mean, you make the most of it, but it is not the raucous environment that Ralph Wilson uh, envisioned uh, when his team had their facility here in Buffalo, where it's more like a college Mm-hmm. town of tailgating and setup, you know, versus like a more commercial. And that's another thing, Jamie, too, where, you know, a lot has been made about the location of this stadium and there were pros and cons to Orchard Park or Buffalo. I do want to bring up to you a chance to discuss this topic here. We always knew for the last six months or so that the stadium was going to be an Orchard Park, um, but there's a lot of people that are pissed off that the stadium was not built in downtown Buffalo. Where do you fall on that? Are you happy with it being an OP or did you think downtown was a better I'm pretty option?
1: torn on it and torn for a couple of reasons? I think that downtown stadiums are just fun and nice. Um, if you've ever been into Pittsburgh and seen where those stadiums are situated, it just is. It, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place a downtown area to have a stadium. The downside of it is a, it's twofold to me. Number one, it was going to be far more expensive because they would have had to build infrastructure. So we're already talking about we're already talking about public funding for stadiums and how that doesn't necessarily work out. That would have been even an even greater amount of public funding which I'm not thrilled with, but what came out recently was when they did studies for where the uh, for where the stadium could be placed downtown. It would have entailed moving people out of their homes. That's a terrible thing to do to people, and I'm glad they didn't have to do that.
0: As somebody who works at Syracuse University, and we're still seeing the horrifying uh, and damaging effects of Interstate 81 bisecting the city into basically the the haves and the have-nots. The, the communities of diversity uh, were more affected by I-81's construction uh, than the non-diverse communities. I couldn't agree more that the, the less invasive you can be with a project like this, the better. And not even getting into the cost of it being a half a billion dollars more according to studies, to build this stadium downtown versus Orchard Park. The fact that you're not disrupting much of anything uh, in Orchard Park, it really is the most cost-effective location uh, for this stadium to be constructed. And, you know, I know that there's an article I respect the heck out of Sean Kirst, who works for the Buffalo News. Um, He had a great profile in Saturday's paper talking about, the devastating effects of this stadium not being downtown. And one of the things was the job creation. And I know Kathy Hochul touted all the jobs that are going to be created um, by this stadium uh, being built. Um, There are union jobs. They're going to bring back revenue, but the people that really could use the help with the jobs. And I will say, this is one of the reasons the stadium could have been downtown are people in the hardworking city Mm -hmm. of Buffalo who are dealing with, Overwhelming poverty, uh, crippling economic impacts, and could really use jobs. If this stadium had been downtown, there would have been an opportunity for them to get access to these jobs. It would have maybe opened up the public transportation system even better uh, for the city of Buffalo. There's a lot of pros and cons, man. I'm still struggling on where I land because I feel like this stadium could have a great economic impact and a community benefit by being downtown versus Orchard Park. but then personally, I weigh, again, the tailgate, the game atmosphere, the cost. If you're if you're worried about PSLs, being expensive for an Orchard Park stadium, forget about the cost of being a Bills fan downtown Buffalo because, in my opinion, the parking level would have skyrocketed. The tickets would be even more exorbitantly expensive, and your cost to go to games, you therefore might have priced out the average Bills fan if you have a game stadium downtown versus Orchard Park. You make
1: two excellent points here, one of which is they have to recuperate the money that they spend So if you spend an extra half billion dollars, you can expect that added to the cost of the game day experience. The other excellent, excellent point you make is when it comes to the parking and tailgating, if you have a downtown stadium, you now have to use parking garages. I can tell you from my experience going to games in Baltimore, parking garages. If you park in parking garages... Your tailgating experience is done because you can't be grilling in a concrete structure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's... That's a terrible atmosphere. You talk about... is what it is. We've
0: gone to a couple of... We've gone to some games down at like the Meadowlands or the old Meadowlands, whatever they're calling it now, where the Jets play... And yeah, anytime you have to park in a a, a garage type of atmosphere like that, not only are you paying more money to park, but you're right. You have a terrible you have a non-existent tailgate. You're getting, you know, food in the stadium or you're bringing stuff with you, sandwiches and eating in your car. You know, nobody is, you know, playing cornhole and blasting cool music for a tailgate in a garage. It just does not happen. And that, again, goes back to what makes Buffalo special for football, as much as there are knuckleheaded idiots who get blackout drunk and never make it into the game, that rare small percentage of Bills Mafia listeners and fans, the Bills tailgates are among the best in the entire league. It's a family atmosphere. It's uh, you know you're seeing it's like your cousins you haven't seen in a couple of months. You're getting <laughs> together and you're tailgating with them, and it's got that real collegial atmosphere that you would see at a big time sec football game i didn't want to lose out on that special pre-game environment and i think keeping it in orchard park is going to maintain one of the most special and unique tailgating situations in all of pro sports
1: by the way i'm going to go on record this is going to be the season buddy i'm coming up to tailgate with you yes this is the year.
0: Hallelujah. It has never happened before. We will do a Bill Eve live on location when Jamie D'Amico comes up to Western New York for <laughs> one of the teams during the 2022 season. And uh, can't wait to have you, and buddy. And
1: I, I may bring some folks with me. Who knows? Dude, bring the Bills backers at DC on a road trip. No freaking That's doubt. That's what I'm thinking, buddy. And you know what? Believe it or not, I might actually bring a couple of Jets fans. There's these Long Island guys that do a – the New York area podcast. Great dudes. Since I started going on their show as a guest, uh, they have kind of become invested in the Bills and they keep saying, oh man, I want to come up and party with Bills Mafia.
0: they are more than welcome man we always the more the merrier when it comes to our tailgates and getting people to cheer on the bills and be part of the bills mafia family and and that's why this was such again i go back to it jamie but you know as much as you can debate the merits and the pros of spending taxpayer money on a football stadium it's a good day for bills fans because there was such a time when this future was un- unknown, you know, and the fact that it's now an ironclad agreement, the bills are not going anywhere for the next 30 years yes. in, in all this uncertainty in all this instability, instability in life in 2022. Let me have the simple joy of my football team being in town for the next 30 years. You know, it's a good, simple victory for us. It's going to be costly down the road. And um, that's future John's, Problem to worry about. (laughs) I just want to celebrate the fact that the Bills are going to be Western New York's team for the next 30 years. Hallelujah.
1: Let me throw one uh, other tidbit in there. When you said that it's ironclad, this is how ironclad it is. If the franchise moves in under 30 years, the Buffalo Bills will have to reimburse the state for all money that was spent on the construction of the stadium plus interest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just hope that in 20 years, $800 million is still $800 million.
0: Yeah, who knows what the state of finances are going to be like. And and this is almost like, uh, you know, your quarterback deals out there, too. You know, when you start to see the stadium deal now, I know this is the largest one ever with regards to public financing of a facility, but it's only going to get more and more expensive. And, you know, you're going to look back in a couple of years and think that maybe the Bills you know they got a, they got off a little bit when it came to how much they got from the team and from the state and given how expensive facilities are going to be, you know, in the future. This is a good day for Bills fans. It's a great day for the Pagulas getting a lot of money from the state to pay for their playhouse, but it's a great day knowing that the Bills are going to be in Western New York for the next 30 years. And you know, Jamie, I also the last thing I want to touch on, the dome versus the retractable roof. <laughs> versus the open-air stadium part. I've had so many conversations with Bills fans, whether on Twitter, whether in real life. As much as I would love to say that the Bills would play perfect football in a dome, there's something about snow and the elements. And if 80% of the fans are protected from those elements and they're still playing football in the way it should be intended in upstate New York with those cold temperatures and wind and snow... I think it's a great outcome.
1: Well, you know, when it comes to that, it's very clear that $1.4 billion doesn't get you what it used to because usually, well, at least in my mind, you usually get a roof for that amount of money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh,
0: yeah. There's an overhang. I mean, uh, uh, the other thing too, though, Jamie, is, and not not to belabor this point too much, but- The one cause for concern with the open-air facility, now Josh Allen can throw a football over a mountain range. I mean, his arm is prolific. The Bills have to – and this will be curious for our offseason talks. Has Buffalo done enough to revamp their offensive line and the way that they play offense to be more of a cold-weather team? Because that's what they're going to have to embrace again, you know, with the fact that this is not going to be a dome stadium, the Bills need to play and win in the elements and have that be real home field advantage when you're hosting Tua and the warm weather Dolphins or Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you know, you need to have that ability to play in the cold, the snow, the wind, and the rain. The Bills need to be like the post office and deliver in all elements.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're uh, an outdoor team now. They'll be an outdoor team then. And if it means you have to change your style of play because you're going to natural grass, well... They've got four years to worry about that.
0: Yes, because this, as much as construction could begin in the spring of 2023, the first season in this new facility is going to be 2026. So Bills fans, you have time to save up for those PSLs. You have time to think all about the impact of this stadium on your Bills football fandom. The long and short of it is the Bills are here to stay for the next 30 years. We would love to get your thoughts, by the way, Bills Mafia and Bill Eve listeners. What do you think about this deal? What do you think about the stadium arrangement with the state and the Buffalo Bills that will keep them in Western New York for the next 30 years? Leave us your comments on the article that will run on BuffaloRumblings.com. And please get involved with us on Twitter. Jamie's a great follow at the Jamie D'Amico. I try to be entertaining at John Baccasino on twitter sometimes i fail sometimes i succeed hopefully it's a little bit of both
1: <laughs> it's been great catching up with you and you know like you said before it comes down to one thing we've got our buffalo bills in town for the next 30 years nothing could be better than that gotta celebrate
0: the victories buddy and we'll be here to celebrate all the buffalo bills victories moving forward on believe a buffalo bills fan podcast <laughs>